Welcome back to the program. I'm Rubina Ahmed Huck. I'm filling in for Alex Pearson, and this is On Point. Uh, I'll be here today and I'll be here tomorrow. So I hope you'll join me uh, talking about the news of the day, the things that are making headlines, the issues that are making headlines, uh, whether it's politics or money or sports or uh, the war in Ukraine. Uh, today, uh, Vladimir Putin, President Putin, held a Victory Day parade. And I'm putting that in quotes. You can't see me doing that because there is no real victory to declare. Uh, he claimed to be fighting for the motherland in Ukraine and accused NATO for creating threats near its border uh, to attempt to divide Russia. Um, all of this comes after many, many weeks of fighting that uh, most people did not anticipate would go on this long in Ukraine. I wanted to bring in our next guest, Sean Maloney. He's professor of history at the Royal Military College, specializing in Cold War and nuclear issues. Hi, Sean. How are you? Hi, Rubina. How's it going? Great, great. Um, I wanted to first get your reaction about this, uh, and I'm doing it in quotes again, this Victory Day Parade. Uh, some pretty spectacular pictures coming out of Russia today uh, of, this, of, of this event that was held, uh, that he made a speech and didn't even mention the word Ukraine in the entire speech. No, I mean, I, I took a look at it, and we've, these things happen every year, and the speech itself was completely unremarkable. I mean, you've heard about the term banality of evil. This is like the mediocrity of evil. Like, if we're, we're back to what did he actually say that of any import uh, that, that doesn't fit within their usual propaganda output, right? And that, like, so unremarkable there. I, mean, I watched the, the vehicles and things moving, moving past and uh, again, nothing out of the ordinary, which is kind of odd. You would have th thought they would have amped this one up uh, given the present circumstances. They didn't. Yeah, and, and, and he and he drew. Yeah, and he drew some comparisons to when they fought the Nazis in World War II, and comparing this to that situation. Uh, wh what's your take on that? Him bringing up um, that uh, that that historical event. Well, that's that's used as top cover for the current crisis or the current war. Some of the crisis in Nazi war. Um, now, Tim Snyder and the other people have done some really in depth stuff on this, and I've. I've been reading this for about four or five years, and it it's hard to get people. It's hard for us to get our heads around, but they've concocted an ideology where, and I'm not kidding. I'll just tell you because it's so bizarre that basically okay. they believe there's a Zionist, Nazi, LGBTQ conspiracy to destroy Russia. And oh when the I was telling the guys before when the bereaved are attempted to be comforted by the Russian Orthodox Church clergy, they're told that they died fighting Satan. And so this thing has all, it, 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 it's, it's completely bizarre to us. Um, but in their context and the way that the, the Russians have been able, or Putin's been able to shape the dialogue over there for the past 20 years and raise the youth, um, it's kind of frightening, actually. I, another thing I saw, I, I watched a choir of, of uniformed young people singing about recovering Alaska. Mm -hmm. okay. Oh, my gosh. So yeah. This runs deep. Uh, there's only a handful of specialists in the West that really study it. Um, and if anybody's seen any movies about the Hitler Youth, it's it's almost exactly like that. Uh, right. And yeah, not there has been not had, has not been a lot of in-depth investigative journalism on it. Unfortunately, it, it it needs to be done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wanted to also just switch gears and ask you a little bit about uh, Prime Minister uh, Justin Trudeau's visit. Uh, this is his Mother's Day visit to Ukraine to meet with uh, President Zelensky. Um, what did you make of that, that surprise visit? Um, 
and 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 everything that they spoke about. Well, it's it's almost ritualistic now to show support that that uh, that leaders go to Kiev. Uh, okay, so it's not surprising that it took place. Um, I I would have liked to happen earlier. I would have not for us to pull the embassy, for example. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I just I'm. Uh, it, it, so it comes off to me again as okay. Everybody else has done it. Now we're doing it. We're following in everybody else's footsteps again. And Canada, if we're going to be a world leader, we sh- we should be leading, not following, right? Yeah, it does feel like everyone was there two months ago. Um, you know, all the major yeah. leaders of the world were there showing support if that's what they wanted to do. And um, and it, seems, Boris almost, it almost seemed like unnecessary well, at this point. Well, Boris Johnson's walk with Zelensky that morning—that was incredible, right? I mean, only like we, I, I always wonder why we can't come up with ideas like that or timing like that. And Canada always seems to be mistimed uh, for these kind of things, right? And I, I'm, I wouldn't hazard a guess as to why, but uh, we need to be thinking about it because it does matter. Um, the yeah, psychology absolutely. Matters. I mean, the psychology behind, like, if we're to succeed here, everybody wants to know why, why the Russians are failing and Ukrainians are succeeding. You're looking at, the heart of the people. My my wife's Ukrainian Canadian. We've been there. We've met the people. We knew they'd fight. We knew they'd fight hard because of that uh, psychological and moral uh, dynamic, right? I think a lot of people in Canada can't process that either because they've uh, we've had it. Pr- we've had it pretty good here. There has not been a lot of uh, uh, violence on that scale, politically or otherwise, right? Now, one way that Russia is really being hurt is the the sanctions, the economic sanctions uh, that the West has put against them. I mean, how much longer can Putin really go on uh, with what's going on and all the sanctions? And, and you know, you, a few weeks ago, Germany came out and said, we still need to buy ga- natural gas from Russia. Like, we, we rely on them to heat our homes. Um, so it's not sort of like right. everyone can just forget about the fact that Russia supplies a lot of resources, especially to European nations. Uh, but what's happening now? How how long can they go on like this? I, I couldn't measure that, but they get help from China and particularly India, which is kind of surprising with India. But uh, the Modi government has its own way of doing business. The um, sanctions are are never they're, they're necessary psychologically. They're necessary. They can generate damage on the opposition's economy, but they have to be backed up with everything else that's going on. All right. So we saw this with Saddam Hussein. Um, even after with oil for food, Saddam Hussein took the money and, and built built palaces just to give us the big finger, right? Well, well, children died. So, it, I mean, the sanctions did not stop Saddam Hussein from what he was doing. It took a land invasion to take him down. And in this case, uh, if we're going to, to reach a positive outcome in Ukraine, sanctions are just one tool among others. And again, psychological, economic, and then the material effects of it. Uh, on the population and their leaders, and particularly the military. Yeah. Are you surprised with, you know, there was, I've often said that everything that's happened in the last couple of years, we're always surprised with how long it's taking for any sort of resolution. Um, Are you surprised how long this conflict, this war has been going on? I mean, many people were saying this would be over quickly, uh, especially with support from the West. Are are you surprised that we're now, I I mean, I've lost count of how long it's been, almost two months. More than there were, there were, there was a group of us watching this last fall, actually wrong last spring, a year ago in the spring when this started up and people have short mm-hmm. memories. Right. And we consistently predicted what the other side was going to do based on what we were seeing. Um, but there were a lot of people in the analytical community and academia that were just in complete denial 
about what they're watching. And that's a long-term problem relating to understanding Russian history, which is, doesn't get taught properly here or pretty much anywhere. Uh, it's always outdated concepts of what they're about, and they've changed a lot in the past 20 years, right? So um, I'm not really surprised. I was we, we were really antsy the first 72 hours, uh, and, and up until they pulled the, the Russians pulled back from north of Kiev, once that pressure was off, we knew uh, that this was going to go in a positive direction. But it's not going to stop. I mean, this, in one form or in from one way or another, one form or another, it's just they won't. The Russians are not going to stop. So uh, we're locked in this for quite some time. What What is it about Russia that we misunderstand, especially in the West, where we seem to be so insulated and we don't really listen to any news? I feel like the average person doesn't pay attention to the things that happen in Europe, Asia, and, and Russia. Just seems very complicated for most people to try to dig their sink their teeth into what is it that we don't understand that that's happened in the last 20 years let me let me be more provocative about this right we in canada tend to think that other people are reasonable and that they want the same things we do okay and that's not true <laughs> i've been to places that abjectly hate us it doesn't matter if we do anything positive or negative to them they still hate us okay and so the, the canadian view tends to be um it, it, it doesn't really want to process the idea that, that there are evil people that, that hate other people and are going to do bad things. And in, in not, a lot of Canadians believe that the UN peacekeeping is the solution set to these problems. As, and it's been demonstrated that it's not repeatedly, at least since the 90s, where you have to go kill for peace. And there are a lot of people uncomfortable with killing for anything in this country. And understandably so. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it tends to generate an idea uh, a, a perception that's not realistic because other people do want to kill people in pursuit of their objectives. And, and in many cases, you have to kill them to stop it. And that simple equation I've just given you uh, freaks a lot of people out. Okay. And there's still hangovers from the 60s and 70s, the anti Vietnam period. Okay. And mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's how I see it. So if we can't even get beyond that, how are we going to drill into the intricacies of what, what's gone on in Russia? And what's gone in Russia is like people keep thinking like the, Putin wants to recreate the, the communist, uh, the, the, uh, sorry, the Soviet Union. No, he wants to recreate the Russian Empire from the 1800s. Okay, and and people haven't even studied that in this country. How are they going to understand the viewpoint that they're trying to push out there? They've created an ideology. They have objectives. The the genocidal approach to what they're doing in Ukraine they've done before, but that's not taught in Canada. And part of that is after the Cold War, when the archives opened up and colleagues of mine drilled into all this, we found out we'd been lied to by our own historians for 30 or 40 years about what Russia was or the Soviet Union was really about. Mm -hmm. And it was a murderous, psychotic environment. And if you watch the movie Death of Stalin, you sort of get a sense of what was going on. Yeah, it's really hard when, you, when we learn we're so insulated and we don't, I always say that people are not curious enough anymore. Uh, we don't travel right. as much anymore. We don't meet new people as much anymore. Everyone, even if you've immigrated from another country, sort of assimilate into the same kind of way of being. It's very hard to to think of, like you just said, the people who have these these thoughts, these evil sort of ideologies that uh, we just think cannot possibly exist in this world. Well, the other thing too is that in Canada, Canada is sort of inherently anti-American. So it's the U.S. is the fault of generates all the problems in the world. And mm -hmm. I'm here to tell you that's not true. Uh, right. 
that that tends to deflect attention from what goes on out there. I, I mean, we should do we should really study what communist China does in Canada in terms of trying to in terms of generating influence on our political system. But we're philosophically disabled from discussing that because if you start asking questions about that, then automatically you're labeled a racist. So we can't right. have that conversation. And yet we know the substantial influence peddling that takes place there. And there mm-hmm. are people that don't want that coming out. Same thing with the Russians. Well, Professor Sean Maloney, thank you so much for your time today and to, to break this down for us, answering some of my questions as well, uh, things that I you know, w- was not as aware of as, uh, a, a, until I, I spoke to you. Uh, thanks so much for your time. No problem. Good talking. Yeah, that was Sean Maloney. He's professor of history at the Royal Military College, specializing in the Cold War and nuclear issues. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, it's the CounterPoint panel. Stay tuned.